This is the playbook. And my takeaway was he asked a young entrepreneur, he said, who do you want to be? Do you want to be the guy to sign the front of the check or the back of the check? And that just resonated with me because I think there's these simple choices in life of exceeding our own self-image and believing we will exceed our own self-image. And I believe we won't. I believe you can't uh, exceed your self-image. And so we need to work on that self-image. And one of the simple choices in life about self-image is, do you want to be the person signing the front of the check or the back? And I think it's okay if you want to be someone that is okay signing the back of the check every week when they receive it, living their life like a tube, food in, food out, week by week. That's perfectly fine. But I find a lot of entrepreneurs, they want to be the guy writing, uh, signing the check in the front, uh, but they don't and haven't really created a self-image of beyond being able to sign the back of a check to deposit in their own account. So uh, very simple takeaway, uh, big impact on your life life and you know ask yourself you know do you want to be someone who's signing in front of a check because it takes a lot more consistent persistent behavior in order to sign the front of a check not the back anyway jake let's uh tell me where you want to go uh we got takeaways everywhere and would love to share uh who's up next so much david yes we are filming again actually uh day two at the win in las vegas so if anyone is here please feel free to stop by you can also email dave david at demelter.com david at demelter.com if you need some more info on filming and and um and where it is as well so let's bring up uh mcgenna next who is here i believe she's on stage if you want to unmute yourself and share your takeaway of the week welcome good morning thanks so good to see you um, and nice to see you, David. I was in Vegas last week with Amelia and so many other friends for the Growth Con. I wish I knew you guys were there to hug you and, uh, and uh, oh my goodness, it would have been awesome, but uh, for sure very soon. Um, Takeaway. Uh, every day there's so many takeaways and it's very hard to choose from, but uh, um, I would say that... Um, when you decide to take action, but then you have this limiting belief that you're not ready because you have to do A, B, C. So the, 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 the takeaway is you are the product. You don't need a product to be on a podcast. And that's the conversation I have with a friend because she was making all these excuses. So we came to the uh, conclusion that you don't need to wait to begin you need to begin then <laughs> yeah there's a philosophy called zero to one and a lot of people talk about it in different vernacular in examples and illustrations uh and the illustration i like to use best about this whether it be speaking writing books podcasts, interviews brand building whatever it is uh you have to get from zero to one a difference between inertia and energy and energy and momentum and in order to get from inertia to energy you got to go from zero to one energy itself has three characteristics that help everyone they energy it aggregates on itself and so money's energy behavior's energy it compounds on itself giving you an exponential result and it accelerates giving you a faster result 
And so when we utilize the zero to one philosophy, uh, and the best illustration I have to this is try every day to do one push-up. You can't. You can't. The minute you do one push-up, you do two, three, four, five, and pretty soon you're a 55-year-old person doing hundreds of push-ups. Uh, but you got to get from zero to one. And the distance between zero and one is far greater than one to 100. And we want to focus in on this philosophy. When I help coach people in podcasting, for example, the first thing and piece of advice I give them is go ahead and get 10 podcast episodes in the can. Go ahead and go ahead and execute on 10. Don't do anything with them because the minute you do 10 episodes of a podcast, you become uh, a top one percenter of podcasts because 99% of all podcasters don't make it to 10 episodes. So if I can get someone to go from zero to one, uh, which is in the top 1%, uh, they will continue on. And I think it's really important to have that zero to one philosophy. It's a great takeaway for everyone. Come up with your own illustrations, come up with your own examples, ones that resonate with you, give it a try, whatever uh, you may want to do, knock on one door, do one push up, you know, have one French fry less, whatever it may be, get from zero to one, and it'll be a lot easier to get from one to a hundred. Thank you so much. And yes, I missed everyone at GrowthCon, but I do want to give a big shout out to Glenn Lundy, who uh, I did judge the speech competition and uh, our hero of breakfast of champions is the champion. And he gave one of the most emotional uh, speeches and well-deserved Glenn Lundy. Congratulations on winning the growth con speech competition uh, with Pete Vargas, myself and others uh, judging it. Congratulations. Uh, anyway, Jake, let's reset the room. We got a lot to learn today. Let's keep the lessons coming. Jake, I, you're muffled a little bit, so I'm going to go ahead and just get a takeaway from online instead of taking a question. Um, so I, I, a takeaway was actually something that I said, which was what does it mean, uh, right, to overachieve self-image? Uh, and, you know, a, a takeaway for this person of, of you cannot overachieve your self-image. That's the takeaway. Y your your own self-limitations uh, are the limitations of all and they're beset upon you by uh, the meaning or intention you give and it's the intention you give to the past the present and the future the intention of the past is how am I doing saying thinking believing and feeling in a trajectory of what I think I want a self-image of what I think I want of myself become myself and that meaning is derived from what I think, say, do, believe, and feel by the, 
the past defining moments and setbacks, failures and mistakes, void shortages and obstacles. And that limitation of self-image of what we can do skills wise, of what we know knowledge wise, what and who we know knowledge wise and our desires are limited by our own self. And we project the self-image that can set a ceiling. Our skills and knowledge would be the basement, but our self-image is the ceiling. So I want people to make sure that they are utilizing the best expansive projection to have a higher self-image so that they don't limit themselves in a universe that's infinite, the unified, infinite system of thought, which we are all a part of. We are the thoughts that limit that infinite system. And so when we realize that we can never overachieve our own self-image, it really allows us to pay attention and give intention to our self-image first to make sure that our ballpark is big enough to handle uh, our potential and uh, a really great takeaway. All right, Jake, reset the room and let me know if you want me to, where do you want me to get a takeaway from? Champions, this is David Meltzer's hour. Today's topic is your takeaway of the week. So, if anyone has any takeaway of the week that they'd like to share, just back channel me or uh, back channel me or shoot me a message uh, or raise your hand and we will aim to bring you up. Also, if anyone would like any of David's free trainings or guides uh, or to meet today, also as well at the Wayne in Las Vegas for Dave's filming his TV show, just email David, David at dmeltzer.com, David at dmelter.com. So a lot of people want to share their takeaways, Dave. Let's bring up MJ Calhoun next. Uh, Michael, if you want to unmute yourself, welcome to the clubhouse. All right, looks like MJ is still on mute. Let's bring up Lisa Wood. Lisa, if you want to share your takeaway of the week, welcome. Good morning. Um, if I took my i'm over in texas i took my mother-in-law out to get her nails done and a, and a pedicure my sister-in-law was telling me about the story of this owner who came from vietnam and he and his family were in his dad was a general over there and they lived in a big house lots of power I mean, it was they were very successful when his father died the uncle took over and he relegated this gentleman's family into the basement with no windows and basically put them into extreme poverty when they finally grew up and they were beaten, they were starving, they were, it was, went from everything to nothing. They uh, grew up, he became an accountant, and then he and his sister ended up coming over to the United States. He could not survive as an accountant because people could not understand him. He didn't know a lick of English. And to know that he has built a successful business here and continues to send money back home and how they have chosen to live frugally and, and, uh, focus more on one another in relationship. They are thriving. And it just drove home to me that, and I'd heard this a long time ago, that we as Americans sometimes forget what a beautiful country and opportunity we have around us. And we should think more like an immigrant. And it just drove that home for me today or this week. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. Oh, I, it's so great. Um, I'm a true uh, believer in America. And I'll, and I'll tell you why to that story, there's no other country that I've ever been to where you absolutely can still grow up with nothing, nothing. 
You could be beaten, abused, live in uh, a trash can, live out of a trash can, live on the streets, and end up being whatever you want to be. The richest person in the world, the happiest person in the world, the best fed person in the world, the strongest person in the world. Whatever it is you want to be, there's only one country that I've been to where you can literally have nothing and end up wherever you want to be. And next time you think about the freedoms that we have and the opportunity, the options and touches of favor, uh, we should absolutely thank our veterans and our military and our government for providing such an opportunity of freedom. Freedom of options, opportunities, and touches of favor. Freedom of community, because community is what creates opportunity. And the takeaway of not taking for granted what other people are wishing for is the takeaway of Americans because we sometimes forget. And I will tell you one thing, in traveling around the world and empowering children, I'm blessed to, as most of you know, be the chancellor, chief chancellor of Junior Achievement University. We have 100 million young entrepreneurs and alumni uh, in the organization and just blessed last year to be nominated for a Nobel prize uh, for the work of empowering these kids. I'll tell you one thing about America, our bench is deep. There's so much talent that we have in our benches deep. And what we need to do is pour into our bench. We got to make sure that our second, third and fourth team players that are 13, 14 and 15 years old are not questioning their power and not questioning their existence. The question that we should not be hearing when we are empowering these kids are, do you ever want to quit? Do you ever feel anxious, depressed, suicidal? What we want to hear is, what do I need to do with my skills, my knowledge, and my desire in order to get whatever it is I want to be? Because I have a desire that I must be what I can be, and I'm never going to quit because I've been given, and I'm not going to take for granted what I've been given. So I want to help everyone with this takeaway to not take for granted what other people are th are dreaming of and don't take for granted for what you are dreaming of, because this is the only place on earth where you can have absolutely nothing, where your basement can have a basement and you end up where you want to be with ever and whatever you want to be. And so thank you for reminding us and allowing us all to be grateful for the opportunities of this community and the community of the United States. Uh, thank you so much. I'll get off my soapbox, Jake. Go ahead, if you don't mind, go ahead and set the room and let's bring up another takeaway. Perfect, thank you for sharing, Lisa. Let's bring up Sarah Bronson. Sarah, if you wanna unmute yourself and share your takeaway of the week, welcome. Good morning, it's so nice to be here. Good morning, David. It has been a powerful week and I have a couple of takeaways both of which you've helped inspire. Um, I, you've asked, you've helped me understand how to shift my perspective or the meaning I have made out of things that have happened in my life. And as I've been doing that work, I created a, a map of my life and a history to look at different phases of my life. And one of the things that's been so helpful is looking at the work that I've done to on that particular topic, which is abandonment and rejection. And every time I've done work, it has shifted. And prior to that, when I was making more money, I would 
instead of being able to reach the next goal financially in order to make myself feel better i would go and take a job of uh, at a lesser pay scale to do nonprofit work or something that was really valuable work but might not have been in my personal best interest at the time and as i look at that over as i look at my financial numbers over the last few years it came very clear to me that as i invest in really good help and support i'm able to achieve more in my life and i've been able to grow the business took a really nice leap last year thank you for your help with that but my my point is that i'm using the financial metrics to look at the decisions i have made in my life and how those decisions have either helped me move forward or kind of set me back a little bit so the using the financials in that way was an eye opener to me and and super helpful and then the second thing i want to share is that i've been kind of my own best kept secret for a long time and i have stepped out and started um getting some invites on podcasts and i did my first one yesterday and like the previous person spoke on it was such an amazing opportunity to just have a wonderful conversation and we were both surprised about how easy it flowed and i wasn't even sure that my topic would fit the host topic cuz he's on real estate and i'm on finance it was very different but the conversation flowed and what that showed me was if i will just as you have inspired to network and be in community and step out and just meet people it opens up so many doors not only to meet really great people but it also helps me to see myself in a different way so i just want to thank you for the help that you've given and i look forward to continuing to walk this road with you thank you david <laughs> thank you sarah it's so interesting because even in the auspice of continual progress and we know that uh, energy aggregates accelerates and compounds and progress is created by behaviors and behaviors in a certain direction create the progress in that direction and you can't change directions unless you're moving there's all these inherent lessons within the takeaway that you have but one of the things that stood out is the surprise that we still have we're all on the potter's wheel we're all on this journey we're all still practicing i consider myself a practitioner in the journey of just uh pursuing my potential and in that practice it's interesting how we once again hold ourselves back or create interference where you're talking about real estate and you weren't sure the topic or subject matter would be aligned synergistic or supplementary to finance and all I'm thinking in my perspective and my participation in that perspective is, oh my gosh, what a great expert to have on a real estate podcast, Sarah Bronson, because she's an expert in financing. And I think the prioritized understanding skill, knowledge, and desire of real estate is financing. And, but yet the expert herself, Sarah Bronson, she's thinking, oh, I'm kind of off topic. This is going to be a little awkward. No, not at all. In fact, your expertise financing, uh, you want to align it with, find this energy and the supplemental expertise and information to apply to a variety of industries, careers, and jobs. And that your expertise is exactly what people are looking for to enhance the community that they've built. Because the last thing a person who has a real estate podcast should do is bring on everybody in real estate. That's the last thing I would do. 
I would bring on a marketing expert, a PR expert, a cash flow expert, a finance expert. I'd bring on a landscaper. I would bring on an electrician. I would bring, you know, several different types of industries. Uh, I would bring on a granite, uh, what is it called? Uh, not manufacturer, but fabricator. I would bring on all of these different expertise that complement, that are synergistic and supplementary to real estate. Remember, industries, careers, and jobs are all within the context of a backdrop. I teach people this when they tell me they want to work in sports. And I said, that's not a job career or an industry sports. It's a backdrop. Are you a financial person? There's tons of opportunity for finance in sports. Are you a marketer? Plenty of opportunity. Are you a salesperson? Plenty of opportunity. Are you a social media expert? Plenty. PR? Plenty. Facility manager? Plenty. It doesn't matter. So let's open our minds, expand our hearts and our hands in order to effectuate and look for the synergy, the alignment, the supplementary and value that we can bring to all industries. Let's not create shortages, voids and obstacles before we even get there. Sarah, I'm so proud of you. There was no doubt in my mind that you would have an engaging value valuable conversation. It is not a zero-sum game, industries, careers, and job. It is a value-add game. So everyone out there, take advantage of the community. It'll only provide you opportunity and do that by reaching out, asking for help. And of course, still, as you receive, you will give. Thank you so much. Uh, Jake, we're halfway home, baby. Give us a little bit of a reset and let's get down to the second half of this ballgame. Let's do it. Second half thank you everyone for sharing your takeaways of the week as they mentioned we are at the halfway mark so there will be time for more takeaways so if you do have a takeaway you'd like to share just back channel me or raise your hand and we will bring you up to share your takeaway also let's continue to share the room you can do that at the bottom here there's a little square with an arrow push the square invite people on twitter facebook your text messages you can invite people on clubhouse let's continue to share the room and share your takeaways of the week. So Dave, I'll pass it back over to you if you want to take a question online and then we'll come back and take uh, some more takeaways here on Clubhouse. Yeah, just once again to clarify, you know, I'd prefer everybody to give me their takeaways uh, on the other platforms as well to make it easier. There's tons here, but uh, if I do have time, I will take some questions. Uh, but I'm going to take this one here. Uh, the takeaways are flying in now that we got clarification of what we're looking for. All right, my takeaway is you can't change people you have to try to understand them, identify where they're at so you can communicate with them properly. It's the only way to grow together. Man, this is a great lesson, you know, beyond thinking that everybody feels the way that you feel, that everybody's participating, your perception, uh, the closer or most relative people in our lives are the ones that we want to change or they want to change us. And the idea that we can't change people but what we can do is understand them. But in order to understand them, we have to identify where they're at so that we can meet them where they're at and communicate with them. I'm going to use an example, you know, with my, my dad. Uh, you know, I wanted my dad to stop smoking. He smoked three packs of cigarettes since he was 19 years old. And as he got older and older, it was like every single day, more and more, he was coughing up a lung. Now, the understanding of that and, you know, coming from someone that wasn't addicted to nicotine at the time or had never done anything like that and couldn't even imagine why somebody would smoke. Um, 
came to a head when I realized not only did I learn to understand where he was at, but I also met him where he's at, meaning I understood the addictive nature of his personality and the powerful addictive uh, attributes of nicotine. And then even furthermore, it was interesting. I don't know how many cigarettes are in a pack, but let's say that each month my dad wanted to quit smoking. And each month there he was, and maybe he was able to smoke one less cigarette every month, resulting in 12 less cigarettes a year. By me nagging him, pushing him, trying to change him, it create more pressure and more resistance of him in the progress that he was making. You see, if I would have tried to understand him and everybody else around him and encourage him, and instead of judging and putting conditions on him, meeting him where he's at, and instead of holding not only him accountable, but holding him capable, holding him capable through effective communication and inspiration to encourage him to say, wow, you know that you are smoking one less cigarette a month and it's only a matter of months until you're not smoking any. And I appreciate the fact that my intention is because I love you so much, dad, and I want you in my life for as long as I can. And I want you to be as healthy as you can while you're in my life. And my fear is losing you or you not being there for my kids or not being able to enjoy all the blessings that we've been given in our lives. This is all what people do all the time. We have to understand, not change. And the more we understand and the more we meet people we're at, the more we can not only hold them accountable, but hold them capable and grow together. This is one of my favorite takeaways that changed my relationship, especially with my father. And I encourage everyone to practice this takeaway to help them help others and help heal the relationship with others. Great takeaway. I love it. Let's keep them coming then really flowing in now. Uh, Jake, you got one there or uh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, let's bring up let's bring up Heidi. Heidi, if you want to unmute yourself here on Clubhouse and share your opinion. Oh, sure. This is Heidi Wild. Can you hear me okay? Absolutely. Hi. Yes. Hello, David. I love that um, beautiful story about your dad and how vulnerable you were to tell him how much you love him too and and why you wanted him to quit smoking. And um, my biggest takeaway, so I'm here with a six-month-old grandson in London, and I was here um, when he was two weeks old, and I'm, I'm sorry, six weeks old for two weeks, and then now it's six months. And so watching a child, watching a baby, being in the moment, present, delighted on every little thing, turning their head, watching the, the delights of every little moment, and... It brings me back to, um, well, I've put my phone away a lot in the last month here, as well as um, just remembering my child within and to bring back that delight, that curiosity, that just instantaneous spontaneity and the joy and, um, and to remember to live in that. You know, to remind myself and to connect in with my inner child and um, ask her how she's doing and what she wants to do today. So, I mean, it's been a, a joy and a pleasure and a blessing <clears throat> all around. 
So that's my takeaway. This is Heidi Wild, and I yield the mic. I love it. Thank you, Heidi, Heidi, Heidi. I really appreciate that because it's a great reminder, remembrance. And it reminds me of one of the healing mechanisms of that inner child. Um, when we can find uh, a trauma, a meaning of the past, a defining moment, a mistake, failure, a setback that is you know, lurking in our subconscious or even our quantum being, our unconscious competency, uh, giving us an energetic or a genetic inheritance, um, it's that inner child that sometimes can heal us the best. Uh, I have an exercise that I teach where I close my eyes and I actually envision myself coming through the top of my head and searching from my head down through my body until I can find myself. And I always identify what age I am as I'm searching through. And, you know, maybe I'm right there in my stomach and I see my five-year-old self and I think to myself, why is my five-year-old self right there in my stomach? And what had happened when I was five years old? And my dad had left when I was five years old. And then I talk to my five-year-old self who's sitting in my stomach and ask myself, what's the matter? And then I actually can have this conversation to heal myself with my quantum self, with my energetic self. And it may tell me that, hey, I'm scared. I feel responsible for everything and everyone. And then I could talk to myself, which is one of my favorite takeaways is I don't listen to myself, I talk to myself. If we listen to all our thoughts, we're gonna end up in a really interesting place. But if we talk to ourselves, we will end up where we wanna be or better by not only talking, but doing and believing and and feeling and thinking. So I talked to myself and I really resonated with what you're saying with that inner child that we have multitudes of inner beings that we can heal by having a conversation or talking to them. And I love the fact that you're raising the awareness for yourself and others of that collaborative, curious, co-creative uh, inner self, that inner child that hasn't created so many void shortages and obstacles or resistance in their life it really aligns with the paradigm shift of you are part of a unified uh infinite system of thought of an omniscient all-powerful all-knowing source that loves you more than your mom so instead of thinking i have to go get these things i gotta get more happy more healthy more wealthy more worthy what you got to do is figure out what you're doing to interfere with it and sometimes finding that inner child and speaking to it uh, can heal that interference. Heidi, I really appreciate it. What a beautiful takeaway from a beautiful community with multitudes of opportunity. Thank you so much. Speaking of opportunity, Jake, please invite everyone. Come by the wind today. I'm in the lobby at our studio filming season four of Office Hours with the billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, entertainers. I want to thank people like the great Jim Quick and Austin Eckler, John Hennessy's and of course, uh, the amazing Chris Gardner and Les Brown, and the list goes on and on over the years. Uh, as we've over 1,400 different guests uh, of all types and shapes and sizes. Anyway, Jake, go ahead, reset the room. I think we have about 20 minutes. Let's do it, resetting the room. Yes, if anyone would like to stop by today at the Win in Las Vegas from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., please feel free to stop by. We have a, uh, a, a, a traditional person here that's uh, very often in Breakfast of Champions actually coming on also, Forbes Riley. So Forbes will be on today. Can't wait to see her. 
And if anyone has, uh, just quickly resetting the room as we talk about office hours filming today at the win in Vegas. This is the Breakfast with Champions, David Meltzer's hour here. Today's topic, Dave's been doing training for over 23 years is your takeaway, your biggest takeaway of the week. So if you'd like to share your takeaway, just feel free to use your hand or back panel me. We will aim to bring you up. So, so far, great takeaways. Thank you everyone for sharing. Let's bring up uh, Demi Rock here on Clubhouse. Demi, if you can unmute yourself and share your takeaway of the week. Welcome. Thank you, Jake. And good morning, everybody. Good morning, David. Um, I have a, just a quick takeaway that this is what I've had on my mind all year, but Michelle Obama just summed it up in such a way that it just hit me. So um, lots of people know that I kind of mess with perfectionism and I've been trying to leave it by the door. Um, but she had said, don't let great be the enemy of good. And it resonated with me in a way that perfectionism and just trying to conquer it hasn't before because you know like that's the thing at the end of the day if you don't complete your task because you're sitting there thinking it could be better yes of course it could like any artist your painting is always unfinished just like life right um you always have the opportunity for a new day and so don't let great be the enemy of good that's my takeaway just get it done just get it done and so um i i led by example i i you know i do it with all of my um, my instagram posts oh what can i say i want to say the right thing Oh, I'm, my, is my grammar right? It's like, just post the damn thing. <laughs> so I did that for a post, and it was like the quickest post I've done for ages. And guess what? That's the post that has 400 likes. That's like the most I've ever got. So isn't that interesting? Just don't let great be the enemy of good. Thank you, Mr. I love that. And uh, another way of phrasing that is don't let progress get in the way of perfection. And uh, you will in our perfect when we are progressing in a trajectory towards what we think we want. And progress is so difficult to identify because the human capability and condition doesn't allow us to see progress unless we attach time to it. So I can see progress if I'm running the 40 meter uh, dash each day, I can see progress. Uh, if I run it two times, I could see progress. Uh, if I attach time to it, a quantifiable measure of time or space, um, but the, the difficult thing is through our greatest aspirations and potential, uh, it's difficult, uh, to see an immediate progress. So we have to have faith, like you said, that progress makes perfection and perfection is we are perfect at the right place at the perfect time. And that good, uh, is the progress and great is maybe an outcome that may or may not come determinative upon the participation in the judgment conditioner perception that we have of the outcomes that we have. I prefer to choose an outcome of perfection being progress itself and promotion and protection uh, in the activities uh, in the trajectory of where I want to be. So I want everybody to think about progress and realize that the three characteristics uh, of energy of progress uh, are the aggregation of that behavior, the compounding effect of that behavior and the acceleration of that behavior. So uh, it, what to me that takeaway really represents is how do we get what we want faster? Don't worry about perfection, worry about progress. It's progress, not perfection. That will get you to where you wanna be or better 
what a beautiful, beautiful takeaway. Again, you guys are killing it. This community is amazing. Not only do I congratulate Glenn Lundy for winning the speech competition, but I congratulate him for forming this community. Uh, it's been around for a while and we just continue to enjoy uh, the consistent, persistent pursuit of that potential and enjoy the progress towards our perfection. All right. Very good. Jake, we got about 15 minutes now. Why don't you go ahead and uh, bring up the next takeaway? Perfect. Yes, we got 15 minutes here. Dave, do you want to take a couple? There's a lot of takeaways online. Do you want to uh, share some and read yeah. some and so Ivan has this. Uh, my takeaway after listening to David Goggins' latest book, I love the fact he says listening to a book because that's all I do. Uh, we are never finished growing, pushing ourselves and finding another level. And I think Goggins to me represents one of those people that pushes uh, the limitations that other people think are impossible. Uh, yet it doesn't matter um, how far we push as long as we push.